Welcome to Razor Branding Podcast with Jackie Russo. To learn more about how to improve your brand, visit brandrusso.com. Hi, it's Jackie Russo, and I am so glad you're here with us today. You are going to be so excited about the guests we have because the one thing that has united all of us in this crazy topsy-turvy past year and a half is the mental health struggle. So joining me today is Dan Yurick and Roy Pedophiles, and we're going to talk about mental health and how we can get ours back where it needs to be and tolerate all the idiots out there who make us miserable. <laughs> yes, yes. That was Welcome. good. Welcome that was good. What she, said, what she said. Yes, that. I mean, is that not accurate? That's... Yes. Y'all, um, I saw a fight today on Facebook over the proper procedure for zipper merging in traffic. These people weren't actually in their cars. They were on Facebook commenting on how they feel about when people do or do not wait till the end to merge. And I thought, we have some mental health struggles in the world that we need to deal with. I mean, they were calling each other bad names, like dropping the Mm F-bomb, angry, angry. On Facebook. On Facebook while sitting in their homes talking about driving. Road rage goes virtual. Right. Yeah. Right. And then, of course, you know, the counselor in me says, okay, so what's really going on here? (laughs) What are you really upset about? I think they hate zipper merging. I think that's it. (laughs) But you're right. It's the weight of the world feels like it's on our shoulders. And so what do we do? How do we help people who just feel so burdened by just the normal daily things of life? But then you layer in the pandemic and the unemployment, all the other troubles, you know, refugees, war. I mean, turn on the TV and you'll see a million sad stories. What do we do for ourselves and for each other? Roy? I mean, well, I think it's more answer? than a layer. I think Dan's yes. going to have the better answer, but I'm going to give his internal processor a chance to <laughs> formulate that answer while I talk my way into thinking. No, I think it's more than a layer. I think it's a it's a really it's a really big layer. Um, you know, what's going on in the world? Instability, insecurity about world events, you know, COVID nineteen. Um, and the divisiveness has really left folks scratching their heads, and, 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 and so those are those are big layers. That and Dan can just you know, we disagree often. Um, he can definitely feel free to disagree, but but it reaches the level of trauma. It's not this this event. It's but it's a prolonged trauma and we are seeing i see it in teenagers with whom i work and i know dan is as well we're seeing trauma symptoms in folks that that from these um you know events dan yeah and and i agree with you roy you know the complexity of this jackie is so big it you know we we talk about the um last straw right but this is really um a real image that is correct. You've got the straw of stress of going to school. Then I'm not going to school. Uh, my kids are going to school. They're not going to school. Every straw is put on your your shoulders. And even the strongest person can only carry so much. Uh, the person who has the tools, has the support system, has the mental uh, resilience is still going to be overloaded with all this because it is too much. COVID is too much. The length of COVID has been too much. 
uh, you know, you know, here in South Louisiana, we got storms east and west of us, and we're trying to help people. Um, and as Roy says, it, it drops down into this other than worldly experience, which is trauma, but then it even dips down below that, which becomes a helplessness, which is despair. There's nothing more I can do. There's nothing more I can change. I have no idea where it's coming from. And then we go into hopelessness, right? And that's when we feel we are trapped and there is no solution except to get out of the pain. And so we either medicate that pain with alcohol, with drugs, with other forms of pain or overt pleasure, or we give in to the despair and the hopelessness and we say, I don't even want to be here anymore. Wow, Dan, yeah. way to kick it off with an uplifting message. Yeah. Um, but so I think you're right. Yeah, right. And, and I'm not trying to make light of a situation. I think you, you Well, we need to it. on some level so we can talk about it. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm all so about heavy. the sarcastic response, yeah. you know that. Go, go for it. <laughs> but so the question becomes, how do we help each other and ourselves? Is it a focus on self-care? Is it a focus on the higher power? Um, and, and I'm going to preface this. I'm going to give you kind of a lead into the answer. Um, I, I was reading something my good friend Krista Bio uh, wrote the other day. And she said, I keep hearing people say, you got to do what makes yourself happy because that's how you're going to be happier. And she said, that's the wrong approach. We have to do what serves God. And that's actually what's going to make us happier. And so I'm asking you, you know, do you feel like this is a, a move away from a spiritual advisor that's causing us to have these human issues? Mm, I don't know that I would go that way. Okay. Route. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, what I would say, you know, in your question, how do we help each other? I think we have to open our eyes to what is in front of us. That everybody, you know, what's that meme I heard? You know who's struggling? Period. Like everybody. If we can open our eyes and just realize that your bad day is not because you don't like me. Or if you're sad, there's a reason for it. And if I have my eyes open to my brother, my sister, if I have my eyes open to my neighbor, if I have my eyes open to my enemy, I will probably see that they're suffering with something. And the, the first thing we do to help each other is we come alongside each other and we partner. And we say, I can't fix you, but I'm here. Because in, especially, you know, suicide, you feel all alone. You feel like there is nobody there. But then when someone says, I'm here, I'm here with you, I'm here for you. Okay, now, but and that's the first step. I mean, it is complex. And then there is the, the, the spiritual reality, but even, and then we can break that open more. And I don't, I'm going to kind of dance with Roy here. Your thoughts. Yeah, I feel like, you know, I, you know, with due, all due respect to our, our friend Krista, who, who is just a wonderful human being. Let's put that out there before she takes a hit out on me. Um, <laughs> not that that's something she would do. God, I'm going to get her. sued. I'm going to get sued so many times <laughs> over here if I'm not careful. It's, you know, what I'll tell you what makes me happy every day. Um, watching Big Bang Theory, a nice bottle of red wine, um, the AC at 64 on my couch with my family lined up. That always makes me happy. 
um, bowl of popcorn. Bowl of popcorn with the wine. I know as bad as that sounds, no. but boom, chicka pop. That but, is oh, life changing. Absolutely love it. Um, throw some M Ms in there, and I've oh got a gosh. diabetic diabetic coma of Roy. We're going to be dating soon. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely, man. If I'm going against Saban, I, I just don't know what I would do there. Uh, but you know what? What really makes me happy is getting my big bald self out of bed in the morning. You know, spending ten, five minutes, even seconds in meditation, going to Reds, um, our, our local health club, which for me that's a, a community. Um, going, stop in our our Lafayette office, um, and and doing doing things that don't make me feel good um, necessarily in that moment that are hard, and that are that are very fulfilling. And that's what I think she meant by you know when when we we've got to turn to God, um, and we find God through other people. And, and, and when that hurricane, that massive one hit, obviously in South Louisiana, Ida came through. And I don't know anyone in Acadiana. Now, again, we've got a massive well of empathy to draw from. I don't know anyone in Acadiana who wasn't doing something. There was no one who you go, oh, they just don't care. I didn't meet anyone. I mean, we were all talking about it. Folks were almost trying to outdo each other to see how could we, how could we do more for them. That's and what that, you need that, is giving and competitiveness matched up. That's matched. the best case scenario. Exactly yeah. right. I will out charity you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So, I, you know, and and along with that, right? Yeah, self care is important so that you have the energy to help another. You know, it's that old, you know, the old image. You know, Jane and I were on a plane a couple of weeks ago going to. Charlotte. And of course they always do the thing, right? If you're with a child and you lose oxygen, put the thing, the mask over your face first. So then you can help the child, right? Self-care is not about selfish. It's about being able to put on the armor and all the energy you're going to need to care for those that are out there and to help others. And to, um, and so, yeah, like, you know, Roy, like, I've got my morning routine similar to his and I get to reds and, you know, I don't leave reds without jumping in the cold plunge because mm -hmm. it's not what I really want to do, but I always feel better when I'm done. Right. And, and, and I know that it's benefits for my body, but also my mental wellness. Yeah. Right. And I can step out of that cold plunge. Go, okay. Now I can take on the day. Right. Yeah. That's right. You know, um, with the 20th anniversary of 9-11 having just passed, I thought back, obviously, to those days, as I know we all did, and it was such a terrible time for our country. And I thought about 9-12 and what a beautiful day that was mm. as an American citizen. Mm -hmm. And I look at the divisiveness uh, politically that we have right now. Is it that we need a common enemy to unite? Or is there another way that we can reconnect as people? Um, and stop taking sides on so many different issues. Yeah. It depends on what's leading, Jackie. Is fear leading or is love leading? If fear leads, we got to find the enemy. We got to find who's in, who's out, who's right, who's wrong, who's up, who's down, who's a friend, who's a foe, because now I'm going to protect everything and I'm afraid to lose it all. But if we lead with love, kindness, compassion, tenderness, mercy, uh, outdoing one another in love, right? Out, outbidding one another in generosity. Um, then there's this unitive, this unitive uh, cohesiveness 
where we lift each other up instead of tear each other down. But what is the emotion or what is not, it's not even the emotion, but what is the, the, the deepest core space we're going to lead from? If it's going to be from fear, which so much of the complexity we talked about at the beginning is produces or produces, right? Uh, we lead from fear. It's going to go that route. If we yeah. choose to leave, we lead with love. We can create something really incredible. And and I, let me. I want to jump in right, right tail dovetail right on what Dan said. And and one of the things that I absolutely hate are these little psychological cliches that that w- the whole world has accepted is true because Oprah said it. Whom I love, I love Oprah. Um, you know, um, but but it's um, she's going to be suing you too. You know. <laughs> I, I love Oprah, but what, you know, uh, one of them is you can't change other people. That's horse crap. That is absolutely not true. We absolutely can change other people. Um, and, and, and we, I think that that leads folks to, to this almost myopia. Well, I can't change other people. And, and you've got folks whose whole life mission is to change other people, but it comes from a place of control as opposed to what Dan said, when I come from a place of love, I will, I will, I won't just change people on the service, but I, I, I can absolutely transform other people um, through love, through human connection, and I believe that's that's really powerful. And right, and we and, see and, it in the work that we do every day. Absolutely, and you know, to piggyback off that, Roy. Um, just as an example, I can be riding in the car with Jane, driving, and she knows exactly what to say to piss me off. Get under your skin. <laughs> right? I was hoping that's where you were going with that. <laughs> you can. Did she change me? Fundamentally, no, but she changed the mood. We can influence each other profoundly. We may not be able to, quote, change the character of somebody in that moment, but we can give them an experience of love, care, compassion, mercy, tenderness uh, that somehow touches deep within and in and of itself creates a change. Yeah. We've all been in a room, right? And everything's going great. And then one person walks in and all of a sudden everything goes, well, that changed it. But you've also been in kind of, you know, maybe a stuffy environment and, and Roy Pettifice walks in the room and it's all excitement and live, liveliness mm. and fun. And I, that's honoring you, my brother. But well, thank it, you. But it's true. Did he change any of us? No and yes. Yep. He, he changed us out of our, our funk, our, our situational space. And if you can jolt people out of that with love, man. Yeah. So it's about recognizing that this is a world of plenty, not a world of scarcity and appreciating what you have. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, if you, yeah, if you are wondering where you're going to get your next ounce of love, you are in a place of scarcity. But if you believe that love is an abundance and overflowing space, there's no fear. Yeah, there's no limit. There's no limit to the money. There's no limit to the love. There's no limit to the opportunities. They're, they're all there. And again, 
you know, and that can challenge some people's notions of God, depends on, on how restrictive their notions are, but God is, is unlimited possibilities. All those possibilities for everyone exists. Right. And, and so again, even if we go not just beyond God, but right to the source of first Corinthians 13, right. You were quoting it, right. Love knows no bounds. bounds. Mm -mm. Right. Yeah. where there is love, there's this overflowing and the greatest of these is love. Yeah. So back to riding in the car with Jane, just yes. a question. So, and I'm not trying to turn this into a Russo marital counseling session. Cause Michael will jump in and I love turning the tables the on Dan. This is but, awesome. But let me ask you. <laughs> so if whatever J Jane said, that kind of set you off. If someone else had been sitting in the back seat and said the exact same thing, would it have had the same effect on you? So was it in effect the, what she said, or was it who said it? Both. Both. Okay. And so again, and so I'll jump right into this, Jackie, here we go. So uh, a number of years ago, we, my daughter, Elizabeth, God bless, she's 20 years old. She found this uh, comedian, right? And his, he had a little shtick called the helper in the car. Okay. He's driving along and then he says, and then there's this helper in the car who happens to be his wife, right? I've never needed a helper in the car, he says. <laughs> I do fine when she's not there, but somehow she thinks it's her mission to be the helper in the car, right? So Elizabeth had us watch it just because she knows our dynamic as husband and wife, but it turns it, that in and of itself turns the page because now if Jane does say something, if Liz is not in the back seat, because if Liz is in the back seat, she goes help her in the car and then it <laughs> lightens the mood. It just does. Mm -hmm. But if Jane is just Jane and I, and she says something, I have a choice in that pause. Mm -hmm. I can either go into anger mode or I can go help her in the car. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's a choice. Right. And I'm, I, I think yeah. over the last many years, I've gotten much better at leaning into the helper in the car as opposed to the bully in the car. At one point, Michael um, had decided that his new business venture was going to be, you know, like you could do different voices on ways or the navigation turn by turn. Um, yes. He wanted to do wife uh, voices, which was like, I told you to turn. You missed the turn. I can't I believe you didn't turn when option. I told you to. Um, and so he's now private messaging me two things. One is he's about to shut this down. And the <laughs> yeah, second thing I'm you just told me is me there's another choice. You can drop the helper off and let her walk. <laughs> <laughs> so you can tell Jane Michael has solved the okay. problem with the helper in the car. Okay. He's no Dear, longer in the why car. are you pulling over, Dan? Well, Michael said just Michael drop me off. Michael <laughs> said drop her off. Mm. Okay, Michael, you'll pick mm -hmm. up the pieces, right? Um, I don't think he's going to do that. He's dealing with his own helper in his car. Mm -hmm. Good, That's good. <laughs> uh, we do have a question from Facebook. Um, <laughs> Hannah Crater asks, could you tell me more about your graduate intern services? Oh, <laughs> gladly. Um, uh, where do I start? First of all, we have three really good graduate interns. They're from UL from the counseling program there. Um, but the graduate intern program, as Roy knows, and even you know, Jackie, was one of my dreams a long time ago that um, 
I can only see so many people. Roy and I can only see so many people and we can, and we can only, you know, reduce our rates, take insurance on so many people, but there was a whole group of folks that needed help that, that couldn't either afford counseling or that, um, uh, didn't have the insurance for it or whatever. And I, I thought, well, we are a center. We are a teaching place. We are a supervising place for, why don't we invite these interns in to um, come and be a part of a team and experience what practice is about in, in its living space. But also then the Pax Renewal Center can meet the needs of more people, right? And so we have these interns. They are under the supervision as graduate students of the professionals at UL, the professors and stuff. And they're under my supervision as an LPC supervisor and my instruction, as well as the other professionals here who are all here to help, right? So the interns um, and those that counsel with them, so count, you know, clients who counsel with them, they get this incredible, vast uh, well of resource and resourcefulness for their clients or for themselves as clients, because now they don't just have a person who is loving this on the front end of it, uh, on, the, on the cutting edge of all the new therapy and the understanding and the best practices, but they're with a seasoned group who, who can really help take care of the whole. And so the whole internship program is really about that, uh, widening the space and meeting the needs where, you know, Roy, me, Jules, Najwa, uh, Candace, the others can't, we can't meet everybody's needs, but we're trying to keep opening and, and, and meeting more needs of folks. So that's the long end of it. No, that's a great answer. Um, we've had a very full internship program here for years and years and years. Um, and it's really the gateway in. So you come in as an intern, you become a part-time employee while you're in college, you graduate, you become a full-time employee. And it has produced some of my favorite co-workers ever. And so I, I love when you can bring somebody in and it's, it's that give and take. Um, in the beginning, they're probably getting more from you because they're getting your knowledge and your experience and your wisdom. Um, but then they take away all the great lessons that they learned and they help make the world a better place. And I will yeah, just shout folks, send people back too. you know, I mean, they, 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 you know, it's a, from the business perspective, they're referring, you know? Yeah. And a shout out to the, the, uh, Reagan and Allie, Roy knows this. We had an office change and they came in, swooped in, not afraid of technology, not afraid of learning, not afraid of really anything. And they, it, it's, it's as though we did not skip a beat. That's awesome. I love that. We have another uh, question from Facebook. Do you see a shift in the social stigma associated with counseling? Are people more willing now to seek help than in previous times? Absolutely. No question. I mean, we're not where we should be or want to be with that. But it's, um, you know, I, 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 most of my referrals come from teens telling other teens that like I'm, I'm their counselor. So it's like, at school. And so it's certainly true among adolescents. I think it's, um, yeah, absolutely. I think that there is a lessening of the social stigma. We still have some ways to go. Um, I think that, that there's a lessening of the social stigma for a lot of adjustment issues, counseling, overcoming obstacles. 
I think when you've got some real mental health uh, like challenges, which have been commonly called like disorders, some more serious issues, there's still lots of stigma there. Um, there's still a lot, and there, there, there still is. You know, I mean, there, there's a reason. There's still stigma, which is the reason we still have lots and lots of, unfortunately, and then reasonably high amount of suicide. You know, um, still in our country because there's stigma. But yes, it has been. Right. And I'll agree with that. Uh, with yes, we uh, and what I agree most, Roy, is yes, we've seen the change for the better, right? But there's still a long way to go because if you even go back to the Olympics when Simone Biles stepped out, you got to see the, the two sides of that, yeah, right? You did. One side <clears throat> that said, go, Simone, way to take care mm -hmm. of yourself, way to name that you're having a struggle. And then others, she's so weak and she said, what do you know? And you yeah. saw that we still have so much work to do because there yeah. still is a division. And I would and I would add to that on top of that, that 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 situation has come up before in Olympics, and, but could not happen. And I would say it's because of the lessening that enabled Simone to, to be able to do that. I think she kind of has grown up in a culture that, that, that empowered her to be able to do that. And we wouldn't have seen that 20 years ago. But boy, no question. You definitely could see on social media where the two camps are. But, but and then you God, saw there's one that's bigger. Now. And then you saw the girls last week, right, testifying in front of Congress for the trauma that they experienced. Right. Um, that, but how many women, young women did that open the door to to say it's okay to get help? Yeah. Right. The tennis player a couple months ago who stepped out of tennis for a while just to say, I got to handle my mental health. Yeah. And it opens That's the door right. to people going, Hey, I'm high functioning. I'm at the peak of my, but I need help. Yeah. So why are we okay with somebody spraining their ankle and leaving the field of play, but not taking the mental break? What, what is the difference with that in our culture? It's a key. You can't see it. It's so, it's so it's I intangible. Can't see a sprained ankle. Yeah, but you right. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, anything that affects the personnel, and I, look, this is especially true in the United States and other first world countries where we have a pull yourself up by your bootstraps, and um, and 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 empathy is has not been necessarily a strength of ours in in terms of becoming who we are as a country. And um, but but. Anything involving the mind, anything involving the heart, the, the personality. Um, and, and again, we have projection bias. And so you've got a lot of folks who've never really felt or experienced true anxiety or, or, or depression and who have never really fully experienced trauma. And they've overcome things that they think were traumas and they may have been with a little T to them, but they haven't really over. And they were like, oh, well, you should just get over it. Well, because you were able to get over what you got over, but 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 you may not have gotten over what this person has to get over, you know. Right, and then I think along with that, there is the the um, first world country, but especially here in the United States, that weakness is weakness is a flaw, mm -hmm. and so if you are mentally weak, you are flawed. Uh, if you are physically weak, even, oh, he's, you know, I hear that on ESPN, right? Oh, man, so, so he's always injured. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. like, right? Made of glass. 
Yeah, he's yeah. he's always injured, man. He's never going to be who he's supposed to be. And we then judge them by production. When we judge people by production or their ability to give me what I want or me to give them what they want, oh no, you can't be you can't be going through depression. You've got a report to write. You can't yeah. you can't be going Yeah, you can't be you can't be um stepping out of the Olympics, you've got, um, you've got to do your apparatus. I don't, we don't care if you're upside down and you don't know which end is up, just do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When she explained that concept to me, I thought, well, first of all, the fact that a human can spin their body that many times in that span of time is shocking, but then to not know what's up or down and hope you're mm -hmm. landing the right way. That is terrifying. Yes. Ooh. Exactly. And some people saw it as this incredibly strong woman who was willing to say, this is my limit. Doesn't take away from anything I've ever done before. And that's the thing. We, if we judge people for what they do instead of who they are, we will always be disappointed. But if we judge people and not even judge them, but if we love them for who they are, rather than who we want them to be, then we can accept them as they are and we can help them get better. And, and there's almost a fear and, and, and I see it and, and, um, and look, I've benefited from capitalism. I've, I've benefited from a, a very strong work ethic. And as says Dan, I don't, I don't know, you know, to me, you know, he, Dan's one of the hardest working people I know. I, I, I think I have a great work ethic, but there's almost a sense that, that, and and I see it. I see it in Christianity, especially in Catholicism. Like if we embrace, like if we don't judge sin, then people might get the impression that they can just throw it all away and start really sinning. And it's our job to prevent the sin. And and it's almost like in America, like if if we give people a break, then we're going to create this welfare state. And 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 that is not true. That's a fundamental misconception of the human person. And that that who who definitely wants more for themselves, and that there are some people who are who do have challenges, and that we can embrace them and legitimize their challenges without creating, you know, with some fear in terms of a welfare state. And to use the language of Brene Brown too in her explanation <laughs> of empathy and sympathy, right? Sympathy is up here looking down on the person who's struggling and saying. Oh, man, I'm so sorry, but you better get your butt up here. Otherwise, you're going to lose out. Empathy says, let me come down here where you are and let's go up together. That is empowerment. Yeah. But we have to be willing to not judge this as a weakness, but this is just where you're at. But we can help you get to a much better place. But if I'm just always waiting up here and looking snide down at the people who aren't doing for themselves and gosh, if you would just do the way I did, blah, 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 how's that helping them? Yeah. yeah right. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Roy, I know that you deal mostly with teens and Dan, I know you deal mostly with adults. As you look at the impacts of what the past few years have had on us and the mental health of our country and this openness, or at least the, inkling of the beginning of openness to say, 
I need these things to be mentally healthy. Are y'all seeing generational gaps in this? Like Roy, are you seeing that more teenagers are willing to do it quicker and faster and kind of adapt um, and evolve in this new world? And Dan, are you seeing older people still kind of staunchly saying, ah, pull you up by your bookstraps? Or are y'all seeing that kind of improvement on both sides? Well, that's interesting because I just took, I took the liberty of directing one of our interns this morning <laughs> to research that and pull, to, pull all relevant data for me to be able to assess just that, you know, with, with regard to teens in terms of how they're responding, you know, in the last couple of years. What I will say is that we thought, we thought everyone was worried about teens and college students at the wrong time. Teens are, teens, are, teens are much more resilient as a whole to these cultural things. Who I'm much more concerned about right now are their older adolescents in college. My college clients are reporting to me because, you know, it's, they're just more in touch with what's going on in the world as a whole. Not that high school students aren't, um, but, but they're struggling. So if, if you've got kids in college, just check in with them. They may not be struggling, but, but um, like the anger that's coming out of a lot of my college um, clients right now with what's going on in the world and and whatever side's refusal to take what seriously they want them to take seriously is um, is concerning um, and I, I find that I see more paralysis with them than I do with high school students and for me um, I'll come at it from a little different perspective um, from a family system perspective it really is going to depend on the culture everyone's been raised in even a microculture, right? So if your family is a family that never talked about it, shamed each other, I don't care if you're a five-year-old, a 15-year-old, a 25-year-old, a 50-year-old, that is still not going to be the way to deal with your problems and you're gonna have a hard time asking for help. Um, I think the families and even the older adults that I see that are more open to um, really caring for one another and wanting what's best for each other and having a safe and secure family system. Uh, even the older adults, um, you know, I've got my, um, we call them in, in our business of couples counseling, gray couples, right? Now, those of us that are got more gray hair, you know, that we're seeing more gray couples coming into counseling. Couples that are older and saying, hey, we, we're open to this. But there are plenty that are stuck in a system that says, well, you don't need to ask nobody. We're not going to tell anybody my business what's going on or our business of what's going on, what happens between us. You know, and so, again, I'm hoping that the cultural, the systemic norm is changing. Um, but then it also has to be impacted in, in the micro uh, of every family unit, every um every area. We were talking earlier today in our staffing about, you know, when if teens and young adults uh, go to counseling and if they need insurance, you know, if you put depression on their uh, insurance thing, their insurance receipt, when they want to apply for the military or they want to apply for um, working in uh, uh, law enforcement, that's a red flag. And some med school too, that it's a red flag. What about HIPAA? Well, mm -hmm. you have to write that off and say you're going to send all your records. Mm -hmm. So then what, you know, so then how do you get help if you are this high achieving student who knows if they go to counseling, it might keep them from getting into med school. 
or a military academy. Yeah. And that wouldn't happen if they went to go see a doctor for a sprained ankle. So we're still Correct. not treating these things That's right. properly. That's right. Because yeah. like That's two right. years later, yeah, I saw a doctor so-and-so for a sprained ankle. My ankle's doing good. Right. I saw Dan Jurek two years ago for depression, and now I'm doing well. Yeah. But no, no, you're still, you're still depressed. Yeah. So is part of the solution... Um, and I, I hear people talk about normalizing things all the time, right? But so I'm going to use that for the first time ever because I never talk about normalizing stuff. But it's part of the solution normalizing this where we're all expected to have an annual mental health checkup just like we have an annual physical checkup. Wouldn't that be great? You go stir up that pot, Jackie. Yeah. I'm on it, Dan. I'm on <laughs> it. That'd be great. Man, right? But, I mean, but if we all it. had to, right? Right, because then it, it equalizes the playing field on reports because everybody's got the same checkup on their report. And right. how many things could you see coming down the road and help head off at the pass if you had a little check-in every once in a while and you could compare this year's visit to last year's visit, just like when I go see my doctor and he's checking my thyroid and she's like, oh, I think your thyroid is a little bit bigger. You know, like let's mm -hmm. check on those things regularly. We'll see if the problems are getting bigger or smaller over time. Exactly. That, that would be awesome. Yeah, it'd be great. And yeah. so just like wellness visits in pediatrics are covered by insurance, if this was covered, think of the money we could save if we had this wellness check ahead of time. I'm going to call Blue Cross. I'm going to take care of this. Can you let them know. Let them know. Right. And um, tell them that we agree. So of course. Yeah. Of course. Right, absolutely. Yeah. So, Dan, you were talking about your gray couples who are coming to see you. And I, I can only wonder if perhaps you're seeing a rise in these gray couples um, as time goes on because they've been riding in the car together longer. Do you think that's it? The car helper has just finally kicked in? <laughs> yes. Uh, because, and it is, you're spot on. Because you're having to be in the car with that person longer too. Right. Lifespan is going longer. Right. If if my husband, if I don't have to be in the car, you know, when I'm 61 because he passed away, then it's not a problem. Right. But man, we're 68 and we're still in the car together, and now it's driving me crazy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and kids are staying home longer, and adolescence is getting protracted, and so right. the need for family. And parental assistant, yeah. Right. And I think there's also an expectation now that, uh, and this is with my my, you know, the, the real gray couples as I call a sixty and older, okay, because I'm sixty one, um, but we have expectations of what this time of our life is supposed to be, and it wasn't to be shut down and locked in my house for a, for a year when this was going to be a time when I'd go visit my kids and I'd go on those trips we wanted to take and celebrate our anniversary. Um, I didn't think I was going to be having to Zoom conference my kids, my grandkids schooling, right? So there's these expectations of what the later years of marriage and family life was going to be and this the great disappointment that it's not. And now we're ticked off and we're stepping on each other's toes in the dance of marriage mm -hmm. a lot mm -hmm. more. Yeah. How much does social media contribute to that? Because you keep seeing everybody else's highlight reel thinking that's their everyday life. 
Um, and so you become, or I see people becoming more dissatisfied with their own lives because they're looking at this picture of perfection. That's so false. Yeah. Yeah. We have a term for that in psychology. It's called false attribution error, you know, and like everyone throws shit in the closet when people come over, like no (laughs) one's house is clean all the time. Who doesn't have a full time mate. Right. Everyone throws and hides, especially in church, especially in church, that family with 15 kids who comes in and they're all happy. They just drove up in the bus and they were cursing each those kids out in that van, that bus before they got in. there. Father had to meet them in the parking lot for. Yes, they're great. They're they're You know, it's um, we're all all struggling. And you're right. Social media certainly (laughs) highlights that. Fake book, right? Yeah. The other joke, yeah. fake book. Faux book, yep. When yeah. you're looking, when you're in a place of not staying in the present moment, seeing what is, being grateful for what is, you get on Facebook and you see what you don't have. <laughs> or you start comparing yourself. Man, they went on a vacation. My husband won't go on vacation with me. My wife won't go on, right? You know, that kind of stuff. Right. And Their it's one kids of the things all look that- normal. You know, and, and, you know, first of all, your presentation that you did for us a, a f- couple months ago on branding was absolutely phenomenal as Thank a you. former professional presenter. And um, I was eating up the content the way you did it. But one of the, the you know, your, your, your piece about being authentic, mm-hmm. that, that, that I think is so important today for people like, because especially for those of us who have podcasts who are on here right now, there's thousands of people out there right now, falsely attributing to me, you and Dan and Michael in the background, you know, levels of, of having our crap togetherness that we absolutely don't have. No way. Right. It's absolute. And one of my first rules in, when I would be speaking or even in the podcast is to dismiss that. Right. I'm not to go to confession like because you don't want to know everything. But just let people know that I'm human, and and it's it's so powerful because it, it it lets them feel they're not alone. Let lets them now. I, my friends know that, <laughs> right? But 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 letting other. It, it, I think it's important. It's really, but often, um, but right. But often, and authenticity is a healthy self disclosure that says, yeah. "I am no better." which is really to me the the quality of humility i'm no better than you i'm no worse than you i'm just showing up to this thing and talking about what i know to be true and then i will get off this thing with you jackie and i'll try and put implement it in my own life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah you know and and i am troubled regularly uh, by what i see on social media especially when my kids were in middle school and you know mm-hmm. i had to watch and monitor the posts and it was just awful. Um, And now as I've gotten a little bit older and especially in the interviewing cycle of getting to know who we're going to work with, I love it. I love seeing who people really are by what they post on social media. I save myself a lot of time in scheduling job interviews um, because I can quickly eliminate half of the applicants like that. Um, So for as many disadvantages as they are, I think sometimes people authentically show up whether they mean to or not. You know? Yeah, I think younger generations do that, do that transparently. Yeah, yeah, and it's the gift side. And sometimes I want to tell them start living your life instead of chronicling it. Right. Um, but they are, they do tend to be a little more transparent, and 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 you get a fuller picture of what's going on. Right. Yeah. And and if we are 
you know, any of us who are going through life and doing some healthy critical thinking, we will look at what we see, right? And if you just always post all the great things, well, I'm going to be suspect of that. Mm -hmm. But again, if you have no filter and no boundary and no real realization that your drunken binge <laughs> uh, at some place isn't going to affect your employer, um, now you're naive. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, but that tells us who you are. Yeah. You get to know people pretty quickly. They are yes. authentic. Yep. Good and bad. Very much so. Yeah. So gentlemen, we are now entering what has become my favorite part of the podcast process with the magic cards. Um, this is the lightning round. Um, and so when we do lightning rounds with two people, um, you will take turns answering, you take turns rotating who's going to go first, but it's just a quick one word answer. Um, Dan, it's going to be hard limiting no. you to one word. Exactly. Um, no. <laughs> so, Roy, I'll let you go first on this one, and then Dan can follow. Your favorite place on earth? Oh, Assisi, Italy. Nice. Dan. That's what came to mind. <laughs> Believe it or not, my yeah. second one is Alaska, but Assisi. Okay. This is not supposed to be like the dating game where y'all have know, the same but... answers, but okay. <laughs> we won't from here, but that <laughs> just right. happened to be. Here. Yeah. Right. It just yeah, happened it's... to be. Yeah. All right, but I'm a Franciscan. It. He's been through seminary. So I like it. I've been there too. It's an amazing place. It is. Incredible. Yes. Incredible. Yeah, incredible. Uh, we took the kids. This is the long version of the lightning round, uh, but we had <laughs> great opportunity. Uh, Christmas of 2019. Um, <laughs> We were able to get round trip flights for $350 each from Houston oh, to Rome. Oh. When right. was that? Uh, January of 19. Wow. Um, and so all six of us went on a two week road trip. We rented two cars because oh, we could yeah. all fit in one Absolutely. and drove 2,000 miles across Italy. Yeah. And stayed in Airbnbs. It's off season. It was real cheap. Oh, my um, gosh. Yeah. yeah. But so we had an amazing time in Assisi. It's just an yeah. incredible place. So I lived I lived in Rome for two years where I did oh. seminary and I got out of that city. I didn't I never even saw the Vatican Museums. I didn't go in the Sistine Chapel every weekend. I was like in, in Umbria. It's just it's mm. amazing. Luca, Chicatera. Oh. Yeah. 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 I Unfortunately, just say I didn't like wine at the time, but. You know, if I can go back. Right. So right, now you can... see, we both have, all three of us have very good way. taste. Right? <laughs> yes. So that's my, that's the kids on the beach in Cinque Terre. Yeah. And then this is the doors oh. of Luca that Michael made mm. for me when we got back right uh, over there. Yeah. How awesome is, is that? Awesome. Right? Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, anyway, okay. sorry. Back to y'all. That was just a little side note for me. Um, Dan, it's your turn to go first. Movie okay. you can't turn off. Movie? Yeah, like a movie that's on TV and you just can't turn it off when it's on. Forrest Gump. Oh, good one. G Goodwill Hunting. Also a good one. Good choices. Very nice. Um, Roy, what TV show do you like to binge watch? Oh, absolutely. Big Bang Theory. Watched yes. it 12 times, all 12 yes. seasons. Yep. So good. I'm a Jethro Gibbs guy. NCIS. Ah, but not okay. NCIS New Orleans and yeah. not NCIS Los Angeles yeah. and not <laughs> NCIS Hawaii. NCIS. No. Wait, there's a new one this year. I love yeah, it. Yeah, Hawaii. Hawaii's no, why the new one? Okay. Yeah, um, but I'm still a Jethro Gibbs fan. Yeah, the original. I got you. I got you. All right, Dan, favorite book? Bible came to my head, but that's probably not what you want to hear. Um, no, that's a good one. I've had okay. people answer that before. That's that my answer. I'm thinking Roy's going to have the same one. Uh, the Power of Now by Eckhart oh, Tolle is one of my top choice. Five. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I made the kids do a book club last summer. I was not their favorite person for three months. Um, and they each had to <laughs> check that out and weren't. read it and do a book report. <laughs> You're the awesome. meanest, you are the meanest mother in the that world. That is awesome. Yeah, That's they awesome. said mother something. What was that second word? Mother something. I don't remember. <laughs> um, but yeah, they came home from- uh, Anybody got a lollipop? <laughs> the whole table, the whole dining table was full of books. I'm like, pick them and read them. That's yeah, awesome. Book every couple of weeks. But yeah, I that was on the book. The list. <laughs> I um, love it. Dan, favorite podcast. Oh, you went first last time. Never mind. Roy, favorite podcast. <laughs> Ooh, favorite podcast. Ooh, I'm going to let Dan go first. I got to think. I got to think. I'm not a big podcast listener. Okay. Yeah, and, and I'm not either, but I'll tell you one that I've listened to. Oh, uh, let's, okay. Oh, we can do hard things. Um, yes. Glenn, Glennon, what's her name? I can't remember, but we can do hard things. It's very good. Uh, I'll jump in. Talking I'm about authentic and real right. and just. Uh, Rogan. I mean, if it's the one I listen to the most, it's going to be Joe Rogan. Rogan. Yeah, I just like him. He's smarter. Yeah. He's more than meets the eye there. Uh, for sure. For sure. Um, okay, so it's Roy's turn first. And uh, favorite car? Favorite car? Uh, yeah. F-150. Okay. Dan? I'm not a car guy. But the my fa yeah, the favorite car that I did have was a 67 Dodge Charger. Oh, nice. But it nice. wasn't nice. It was bondoed, painted <laughs> by my dad, my father-in-law, and I. <laughs> I mean, you realize I tossed up softball because you could have gone with the one my helper isn't in, and that would have been a perfectly acceptable <laughs> answer. <laughs> oh. oh, Dan, you missed your Perf chance. Sorry, sorry. That's all right. All right, Dan, favorite festival? Um, Taste of Chicago. Oh, excellent. Roy? I'm not a festival guy, much to my wife's chagrin. My helper had definitely has a problem with that. But I've been to Festival uh, International several times mm -hmm. and loved it. I'm just not a big music guy. But sure, yeah. sure. I'm yeah, just, I don't see and, you walking and around and I was born and raised in the Chicago area. And, you know, we'd go downtown. It was on Lakeshore Drive. It was on the pier. Yeah, I love Chicago. My of fact, kind of that's the it's my the favorite kids. city outside of Lafayette, Chicago. More right above me, the picture of the kids is standing on Navy Pier with no Chicago question. in the background. No yeah, question. that's oh, such a great city. Such a great. Um, all right. Um, oh, by Dan, the way, it's yes. Glennon Doyle. We can do hard oh, things. Yeah. yeah, she wrote the book Untamed. Yes. Which is a great, great mm. book. It was a okay, bestseller last year. Yeah, great mm. book. Yeah. Excellent. Um, so, Dan, pettiest pet peeve. Oh, I got so many. <sighs> what day is it? Um, my pettiest. But Roy, you probably know them more than I. Um, I know. I, oh, my pet peeve. Not oh. cleaning up after them yourselves is definitely one of Dan's. You know, our microwave is spotless. Oh, I bet. Thank you. Yes. I mean, yeah. I, just go with that one. That's a good one. When I mean, my helper, why am I always help, picking up after everybody? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> when my helper leaves all her crap on the side of the sofa um, after I've served it to her on the sofa, <laughs> that's a pet peeve. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're right. I am sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, Roy, favorite musician? Garth Brooks. Yeah. Okay. Chet Atkins. Okay. 
All right. Dan, if you are at an event and everybody's singing karaoke, what song would you sing? Cats in the Cradle. Oh. I'm still choice. going the same generation with you, Dan McLean, American Pie, the longest Excellent one ever. Excellent choice. Excellent choice. Roy, favorite sport to watch or play? Uh, tennis. Okay. Play hockey, watch football. All right. Excellent. Dan, favorite meal or food? Pizza. Mm. I'm just Chicago pizza, New say, York Chicago pizza. pizza. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Deep dish right. from Chicago pizza oven. Uh, Kobe beef uh, okay. steak. Like that would be, I mean, my dream. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. Roy, favorite leisure activity? Uh, watching TV. Okay. With my family, yeah. Love. Specifically, Big Bang Theory, wine and popcorn. Yeah, and cooking shows. Yep. Yeah. Dan. Favorite. I'm sorry. Leisure activity. Hiking. Okay. Been right. out in the wilderness. Interesting. Uh, Dan, favorite way to treat yourself. Eat. I didn't, it was not the healthiest way, but it's no. my favorite way. Favorite uh, way. I, and it's popcorn. All right. Or peanut M&Ms. Oh, I love peanut M&Ms. Roy? Uh, buying expensive workout clothes. That you then work out in or you just wear to look I, like No, I, I do. I just like you know. the way. I've got okay. sensory issues. I like the way you have to, I like the way things feel and it, they, sure. they tend to be more expensive, unfortunately. Yeah, the good stuff usually is. <laughs> and by the um, way, my biggest pet peeve in the mm -hmm. world, by the way, is humble bragging. Just oh. freaking brag. For the yeah. love of God, brag. Yeah. Don't humble yeah. brag. Right. Do Bring not it humble on. brag. Oh. And, who's, and, and who said it's not bragging if it's true? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I love Just brag. Just brag. Well, you know, the kids today, now they call it flexing. I'm going to oh, flex that's on it. this. Yeah. Flex. They like to flex, flex. on this. Stop flexing. Yeah, they like to flex with their fit. Um, okay, and last but not least, Roy, favorite concert that you have attended? Garth yeah, Brooks, no okay. question. Was it the most recent one when he did the Five City? 1992, Baton Rouge, two, okay. twice of the three nights. Nice. Yeah, awesome. Guitars broken, Takamini guitars broken. Awesome. Dan, how about you? Can't, I don't remember the year. It was 1980. 80 or 81, Chicago in the Beach Boys at Wrigley Field. Oh, oh yeah, that would be good. That's so unfair. That would be good. Uh, yeah. yeah. There were oh. beach balls going all through Wrigley sure. Field. Oh, sure. You suck for that. That's, that's awesome. That's yeah. the perfect way to end this, except that I have a Roy question. Um, so, Roy, with your Big Bang um, Theory uh, fascination. I was going to say obsession, but that seemed judgy. Um, do you have the same inclination in watching the prequel that is on CBS? Yeah. And, and we're, we're, we're up to date in it. It's not, it's not quite as good. Um, mm -hmm. was a little disappointed with call me cat. Um, you know, which obviously my, my uh, Bialik was in, but, right. um, yeah, no, I love the prequel and me, the whole family is pointing out any potential inconsistencies. <laughs> That's like, what I'm wondering. We should be consultants. We should be consultants. So far they're like 99%. Though. It's they're good. pretty on it. They're pretty yeah, on it. They are. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, um, and one thing, Jackie, yes, it's sir. important to know that we are both, uh, big green egg fans we, oh uh, we do a lot yes of on the big i egg. would know Absolutely. that if i'd been yeah. invited to eat something that you made in your big green we egg. will have to do that uh I mean, yes no for question. the record you know yeah i like absolutely. to eat absolutely absolutely big fan of the eating <laughs> do it three four five times a day <laughs>
Gentlemen, it was a pleasure. I cannot thank you enough for your time and your expertise and your answers and the gifts that you bring uh, to each of us with the consulting that you do and the counseling that you provide. Thank you all. What question did I miss? What should I have asked that I didn't? You can reach us at www.paxjournalcenter.com or 337-993-1960 to ask for help and be courageous and do it. We're here. I love that. Thank you. Roy, any parting words by you? No, just I'm grateful to be able to, you know, have my shingle attached to this guy who has just been, who's, who's, who was my counselor for six years and um, yeah, just awesome. Thanks for all you do. And um, yeah, that's all I got. Thanks, brother. It's a love fest here. Y'all are Mm -hmm. so cute. I love it. (laughs) Um, Thank you both. And to everybody watching and listening, thank you all for tuning in and for supplying great questions and for giving us your time and attention. Until next time, thanks so much. Well, the day is through.